Welcome to another round, the podcast that gives you an insight into brewing. My name is, as always, Yonida, and with me from Laval, Quebec, in Canada, I got Leonardo Calcaño. Uh, thank you for, for joining me today. Thank you very much for the invitation, and thank you for not butchering my, my family name. Huh? Thank you very much. <laughs> very yeah. right. Yeah, it's. Uh, I gotta admit, I uh, uh, I had to write it down with Norwegian letters to not mispronounce it. So uh, I, I do my best, even though my my English is is workable at at, at best. I think. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Um, yeah, so we have you on today. Uh, you are a a big promoter of beer. You actually said just before uh, uh, just before we started recording here that uh, you're not um, much of a brewer. But in terms of, of a promotion, I think uh, it would be hard to find uh, anyone in uh, North America that can uh, can sort of match you. Of course, you have a, a big um, uh, a big focus on the Quebec scene uh, of the Canadian uh, beer scene. But um, can we start a little bit before we get to the beer? Uh, what is sort of your upbringing and uh, and way into this uh, fantastic industry of ours? Well, uh, first of all, Baron Mag. When we started, like maybe. 15, 20 years ago, uh, Baron Mag was a, it's a business magazine. That's that's the basis of our magazines. We're like we're all punk, hardcore guys, tattoo guys. They wanted to do a, a, a magazine about business. That's weird because I'm a big fan of the Economist. Mm. I don't know why, yeah, but yeah. people big fan of the Economist magazine, big fan of Monocle. And when we started this magazine, we were like we want, we want to help our friends that have their, their, their tattoo parlors, music magazines, music uh, companies to know what's about business. And plus, we start talking like that. And the magazine was about design and stuff like that. And we were a big fan of design. I was telling you a big fan of Scandinavian design, stuff like that. Mm. Every time when I can, I write and I put Scandinavian, always that's my, my smart way to go. I know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened is after maybe eight years ago, uh, one of my friends invited us to, uh, to an event called ABU. ABU was, it's an event about beer and people were talking about it. And we had a couple of people there and, Shit, man, the people from college that were there, people from university that, that started their own breweries. So I was talking to them and I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. All breweries, it's cool. And I found, and suddenly I was like, you know, breweries, it's craft beer and breweries. It's a, it's a great market because it's people, you know, like people, young people are going to start a business. Mm-hmm. They want to understand a beautiful business. People get together. It's all very social. But there was no magazine talking about them as a business magazine. Everybody was talking about, you know, how that beer is good, how does it like that. And I always felt, I always felt, you know, when you do critiques of beer, it's, it's kind of like, I personally like only black beer. I just started yeah. like laggers. I just, a couple, a year ago, yeah. like, me, I'm a big fan of, you know, dark porters and the, like, as dark <laughs> as it's dark can. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get stuff from all, all over the world. The darkest, they know me, darkest. <laughs> so as we said, look, we're going to talk about beer in Quebec. Because the French market is, it was growing a lot, and now it's growing more and more. But we want to be a business magazine, and that's it. We always want to start that. So we started talking about people about you know their business and how they work and how they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we found out there was nobody talking about it like that. So we started doing that, and, and I'm telling you, man, we we started, man, and, and our readers readership went up. But the thing is, this not only the readership from beer lovers and people that were working in the industry. But suddenly there was a lot of people from people like, you know, like equipment and hop, so it sounds like that. There were no one talking about like that, that way. Yeah. And because we always, we almost had like 15 years of writing about business and stuff like that. We, that's where we started. So we started slowly like that. And every day we get more readers. And the thing is this, suddenly we're talking about people that, like people from Molson, huge companies that were telling me that there was no magazine like that. And it was suddenly the doors open and we focus ourselves and only work, only doing that. 
Because mm. there's blogs, they, they know more about about beer than me. 100%, yep. I have no idea. But business-wise, I can tell you, this is how the economy go. I know the trends. I know everything like that. And we were the only ones going to events, like to talk. We are the only ones yeah. going to trade shows in Quebec. No, no one's going to trade shows. We're going to trade shows and doing like 70 interviews with brewers. I mean, suddenly we go to an event and we do 70 interviews and people are like, what, what is that? So we start with Quebec focus. And then afterwards, you know, like always very American-ish we wanted to be. So we went to went to the U.S. We went to went to England. I speak Spanish. Um, so we, you know, Barcelona was one. I used to live in Barcelona. So we, we became member, friends with the guys from Barcelona Beer Festival and blah, blah, blah. We started talking in the magazine. And afterwards, we're like, yo, let's do it. And because we love art, let's start printing a paper, paper magazine. And people were like, no way. Mm. So we started doing a, a yearly, one, once a year, a magazine about beer in Quebec where people, brew, brewers send us the recipes and we, I mean, you can do your recipe at home yeah. every year. And then we started doing more business. And then afterwards, uh, I went nuts and we started doing tons of, of uh, podcasts. Now we have seven weekly podcasts, different podcasts every week. <laughs> about one is called Les Affaires Brassicoles, where we talk about French market, what's happening in Quebec, because as one of your readers know, Sorry. Quebec is a French it's a French province. Mm. And after we start doing it's called Les Affaires Brassicoles. The second one we started is BBQ, the business of beer of Quebec. And that's the one we do intros in English and it goes into French and, and French into English to the Canadian market. Then we mm. started doing ones called BBB. I'm never really smart with my names. I just go yeah. as, as I go. But that's business of beer and It's like late, late night uh, uh, leftover uh, drinking uh, ideas. Always. That's, that's how I started my, before Baron Magazine, I used to have a magazine called, uh, uh, I call it Bang Bang. Yeah. And Bang Bang was a, was, a, was a music magazine about hardcore and stuff like that in Quebec. Mm. It started because we we drank too much and we ate macros. <laughs> That's and where we, all the great ideas come from, right? <laughs> we were pissed, man. And we started with a magazine called Bang Bang and we sold it for, I think, a quarter of a million dollars in six months afterwards. We're happy. Yeah. But we got drunk as for <laughs> nachos and beer. But so now, Barrett Magazine, we're very focused as always. But now, besides the beer, we're in the beverage, a lot of beverage, um, I call this uh, the beverage content. So we're talking mm. about distilleries, cider, stuff like that. Because as again, what happened is like ciders are growing a lot in Quebec, and what's happening on ciders? They're like the new new punks. Yeah, a lot of cider, young cider guys, tons of tattoos, making stuff. And I was like, <laughs> this is cool. And then afterward, we started talking to guys who were doing RTDs, mm. and RTDs are the same thing. The other guys, girls, and guys talking to them, full of tattoos, doing crazy stuff and distilleries. I'm like, okay, so this trend of people going like that. So Baron, we talk a lot about beer. Like every daily, daily, but the beverage now is getting more and more, and, and now we're going and we focus about beverage stuff like that. So we will talk about you know like some guy some guy doing some water stuff, weird stuff like that, and afterwards we will go and talk about you know Molson launching their new brand, you know. So that's yeah. what we. It's pretty wide. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll dive a little bit into that uh, afterwards as well. But you've been working with, with marketing for uh, over 20 years, from my understanding, right? Almost 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> so so I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit fascinating because um, just looking through uh, quickly research, uh, there, you are involved in, in several different kind of magazines. But starting up like Baron in, in, uh, in 2010s, uh, it's not like, it's not the the thing where you go, ah, that's a great idea to use printed press. 
when everything is going digital. What was the idea behind uh, going for uh, quote unquote a, a old school medium like uh, like a printed magazine? It is weird. I'm telling you something. It's very weird. I mean, ninety percent of our met over media coverage is digital. So we do a lot mm. of podcasts, like everybody else. But I'm from the old school of, of punk, like like zines and magazine and stuff like that. And more and more, I was talking to brewers and, and I mean, cider people, all those people like that. And when I launched the magazine the first time, you know, the print magazine, I'm like, I'm going to print the print magazine. I'm going to lose money. I don't care. I just want yeah. people to have it. <laughs> and because the magazine is only once a year, because I'm not going to go like 20 magazines a year for nothing. There's no reason for that. Yeah. And the magazine is, I focus my magazine for brewers, for trade shows and stuff like that. And every every time that I give away the magazine or I sell it online, it sells out. Yeah. And people are like, why they want it? Because at the end of the day, man, on maybe on a Saturday you want to go in a magazine and read it. I just have your hands in something. The magazine, for some read the magazine, people were like, they show it to me, and I, they have tons of like, you made a mistake here. <laughs> it's a great beer, and they write tons of stuff. So we even left some pages. To yeah. That. And the thing is, this it grew a lot, and people people were asking it every time. It's like. It's once a year a magazine. They get it. They're happy. They read something. You know, they go in the toilet and they read it. They go there. They're at the brewery and they're still like, hey, man. And the good thing about this, like I show you, we love art. We're, we're yeah. a big love design of art. And the magazines are not like all the straight publications. They're not like mm. some shitty picture of it. No, no. We have we focus on, on we focus how you call this on, on, on art and we love it because as you know, brewers, man, they make great art on, on, their, mm. on their beer. So why do a, a shitty magazine with some bad covers? So <clears throat> we want to do art. So where we go is we ask people that make covers for design for breweries and we put it on. Yeah. And the thing is this, people love it and love it. And we attack, and that's like a, our business card. Every year, trade show, people get it, they expect it. And it's doing well. We're, we sell magazine very well. Mm. It's given away for free to publication. And we're the only trade show. The, only, the thing is this, I found out you cannot print 20 magazines a year or, or 10 magazines. That's that's the problem. You have to focus. And if yeah. you make one copy a year, it's good. And I talked to a couple of people that have like bad magazines about the beer. And they tell me, it's like, yeah, we, we saw what you were doing. We were doing six magazines. We were struggling. We cut focus to two magazines a year, more digital. But the print magazine is doing well. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. And people send me emails. I say, like, thanks for the magazine, man. I got it. I was in the toilet. I was reading it. I was happy, blah, blah, blah. It, it works well. It, it's not easy because the paper went 20% more this year. Yeah. But, a, but I'm telling you, man, people love the magazine. People ask me the magazine. When when there's no more, people get pissed. Yeah. You know, and that's it. But we still sell it digitally. If you're in another country, we sell it. We can send it digitally, stuff like that. Mm. But print print rules, man. Print. If you're in the, in the beer magazine, man, you have to find a way where once a year, people get the magazine, man. Yeah. It is. It is. We're a big fan of just uh, just Staten and Germany. We mm. always magazine about you know breweries and beer design, and it sell out. You know, so yeah, yeah it works. Huh? Specializing is uh, is uh, is a good thing, I think. A hundred percent, because you can you can't beat digital. I mean, but print rules, man. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I I really like that uh, that approach to it as well. A little bit of old school, um, but uh, I think you you mentioning. Um, 
uh, a little bit of the the podcasting side of, of things as well that you you now have a, a bigger variety of of podcasts with different kind of themes and you you talk to not only brewers but within the drinks industry um and this is something at least i see from a little bit outside of of the the american uh, north american bubble uh, so to speak, that uh, this is something that is going to be picked up in Europe pretty soon as well. The um, the diversity of drinks that a, a manufacturers produce now, and I call it manufacturers, of course, is breweries in the, in the, uh, as in their core. Uh, but uh, you see more hard seltzers, uh, hard ciders, as you say, flavored uh, beverages. Uh, do you think that this is going to be uh, an essential for for businesses uh, in the years to come to diversify their selection, or is it a little bit like you do with the magazine that you have to specialize? I think they they have to they have to expand to other markets because it it is it depends where you are, but. Everything, everywhere you go, everybody I talk to, I talk to a lot of people every day in North America and across the world. I'm, I'm happy to know a lot of people that we talk to. And the thing is this, brewers, they have to always focus. They have to be a beverage company now. Mm. And if that's the only way to go. Because the beer, the beer, um, the beer geek like you and me, okay, we don't buy beer. We get beer for free. That's yeah. what <laughs> And afterward, also, the beer geek is 5% of the business, the whole mm. business. And you need to go and focus to the other 90%. Prices went up. Prices going up all the time, all the time. If you can sell a beer, I mean, the expensive beer, the people like that, it's all good. If you can spend that great beer, because it's, it costs money to make good beer. Yeah. But the thing is this, the 90% of people will buy in like a 3% beer. They want that beer. They want to, they want to support you. They want to buy that beer. Mm-hmm. And remember, you have kids and kids like water. They don't like, they don't drink beer. And maybe your your spouse and your loved one, whatever, doesn't like beer. They like, you know, like some some RTD stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember talk. I mean, I remember seven years ago when beer was like, you can sell beer anytime. You can put up whatever you want and sell beer. But then you go to stores and you see people going to RTDs. And I was talking to a, a company yesterday. They were doing they just launched a seltzer with tea in Quebec, mm-hmm. and it's very very strange. They're the first one, and people are picking it up. It's going to take market. But everybody I talk to, I always tell, look, man, you have to check what the big guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Why they're doing it right now, beverage companies, even companies like, you know, like in the States, like Samuel Adams or smaller mag- companies like that, they're all going cocktail. They're going like that because they know they have segmented their market. There's no way you can make money with one thing now. No. Uh, people in, in Quebec, one of my clients, those guys are, are they, they have beer, they have amazing great beer, but you know, they have two section where they sell lemonade yeah wow and they sell and they, that thing man they tell me that's like 40 percent of our business right now yeah. but the thing is this you need to diversify because the thing is this big companies are will are diversifying a lot you yeah. will never go against them it, i mean it's hard but brewers have to do that and i talked to tons of brewers in this in in canada quebec us and they're launching water hops stuff like that mm-hmm. and it beca- is becoming like 10 percent of their business 20 percent of the business because it's easy, easier to do, and you open your market. I mean, I don't know how it works in uh, where you live too, but here when you sell beer to a store, to, to a beer store, the, mm-hmm. the guy who buys the beer and the guy who buys the water is two different people. Yep. So you have two different markets you're going afterwards. So now you see that. And dude, uh, two, uh, two, a year ago, I wrote an article about liquid debt. I don't know if you know the yep. water company. And people were saying, is it true? And this year, man, I got a couple of emails saying, look, Leo, we just launched water in a can. 
water with juice. And I was in Calgary last year and I was talking to a couple of brewers and they were saying, we're launching colas and colas are doing much better. Yeah. And sometimes that was 20 to 25% of their business. And it's great because now with inflation, you still keep your core business of beer, but you have that, but everybody has to do it. And everybody's going to make it because of course not. Harsh. Yeah, and I think uh, one example uh, of of uh, trying to diversify, which I, I th- was fascinating, took a little bit longer than I expected, was uh, looking at Dogfish Head yeah. uh, and their uh, um, uh, distilled um, rum, for instance. I was there, got to be 10 years ago or something like that, and I remember, this is fantastic. It's the same brand. I, I love Dogfish Head. There is no way to get Dogfish Head in Europe, of course, so they were kind of mystical uh, for me as well. And then I get the rum, I'm like, oh, why don't they have like, uh, a, a ready to drink uh, can or bottle I can have, and uh, yeah, fast forward eight years, and uh, boom, they have their culinary series of of uh, RTDs. So much man, they have cocktails, and, and they, uh, I just wrote an article, an article two days ago about how they launch a cocktail for for St. Valentine's. Mm. They open a card, and there's a crush. And now I was reading an article on Bevnet, and they told me it's like almost almost 10, 15, 10 to fifteen percent of their business now. It's yeah. It's the way it's the way it goes. I am um, I had a, a fun little talk uh, with a Norwegian uh, brewer uh, just a couple of days ago. Now, of course, this is a very 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 small pond to swim in. But he said he he launched his first um, Christmas soda. Christmas soda is a big thing here, and he did it uh, mostly just for fun because uh, his kid was nagging him about uh, making uh, making uh, Christmas soda, uh, and he was like, "All right." Finally, he gave up. Uh, he made it, and he said, uh, "It's the the it's the best thing ever because it takes uh, three days before it's done." And uh, he he said it was over fifty percent of his total sales in December. Um, and I think it's it's smart because, like you said, uh, sometimes life's changed. You want maybe some alcohol free, maybe you want some uh, uh, ready to drinks, maybe you want some ciders. Um, diversifying, I think, um, might be yeah, yeah. music man. Music. I'm a big fan of stoner rock metal. I'm a big mm. fan, but I'm but. I'm a big fan of flamenco also, and I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of like shoegaze music, stuff like that. And for me, it's like beer and food, stuff like that. I mean, you have a palate, you can taste tons of different stuff. Why just keep to one thing? Mm. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, it, it's, I think it's a very easy way to say it, but I think also like that's how the market is going. People are changing. Yeah. People are, and if you want the 90% of that market that is going to make survive you, make a soda. You can make a great, I, I, I tasted some great sodas from, in Calgary, some breweries. Mm. They're amazing sodas, man. They're amazing yeah. sodas. They're amazing. Of course. They oh, are, uh, and it, I think it's a little bit like, uh, yeah, craft soda. I don't know if that's a, a term yet, but of I think. Of course, man. We're, we're put, a, put a brand anywhere, man. Yeah. You can craft anything and it goes well. Craft <laughs> RTD. It happens, man. Let's go. Yeah, you can, can really taste the craft. craft Good morning, marketing, man. The only thing you have to do is like, it's trade marketing, man. Just put a name on it. I mean, yeah. remember, remember cocaine in the beginning of the centuries, man? <laughs> cocaine was used everywhere. If you would go, go get your cocaine at the pharmacy. <laughs> I remember the ads and I was like, okay, soda cocaine. No, no, but I remember <laughs> those ads in uh, 1899. My uncle, my uncle showed me all those ads. I was like, come on. <laughs> go to the pharmacy and getting cocaine. I was like, all right. <laughs> that's for sure um so we're uh i think we kind of agreed from different side of the ponds and diversifying is good but before we get we we started here as well we talked a little bit about um you met the 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 team over at uh, at plato as well talking about the plato pro um and we 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 talked a little bit about um uh heightening quality and consistency um what 
now you talking to breweries all over the world and and being the the person that you are what do you see that the brewers are doing to uh, to sort of up their games now that almost every style in the world has been explored no, I'm sure there's other stuff. I'm sure that somewhere, and I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm sure in South America there's some weird stuff. And I get beer from from Colombia, and I'm like, I just I just got a I just got a, a bottle from uh, Colombia, a gin from Colombia, and it's hard skin. Mm. I was like, that. the good thing about Plato, what I when I met those guys at Nira Falls, I was happy to meet them there and there, and uh, like I said, it was fun to understand what they do. It's one thing that I understand about the, the breweries, like. Seven years ago, eight years ago, we started distribution doing content for them. Mm. Is that the more and more now brewers need to be more? I don't want to say professional because they've always been professional, but yeah. it's uncalled professional because business is harder right now, mm. and you cannot lose a batch. You cannot you cannot waste time, and time is hard right now because when I, when I, what I like about Plato and when we met them is like when they told me like. You're at home with your phone and you're checking your fermentation, stuff like that. You don't have to go back all that time. You don't have to be there. But on a Saturday, on a Saturday, you can be home on a weekend with your phone and checking for your fermentation without going there to make to drop it up, stuff like that. Mm. You're, that's two days that you are at home relaxing. You can yep. take care of your time. If if you go to places like like Abier where they have like 45 Play-Doh connected to their to their machines, but that's 45 times that the, the, the people don't have to go and check. Yeah, in that time, and if there's a one bad batch, just go directly. And the thing is, this technology right now is something that people are very late in microbreweries going into it. Mm-hmm. Very late, and people like Plato or other companies like that, or look, even CRM. I talk to people; they don't they don't use CRM. I'm a business magazine. For me, if you don't use CRM, if you're a businessman, that, that for me is like you know how much time you can save in your life every day? <laughs> so the thing is this, to have consistency of the beer, not only because of taste and stuff like that, but also is this, if your beer is shit one day, you know, there's like 300 breweries waiting yeah. to get your business. And in Quebec, which we started seven years ago, there was 150 breweries. Now mm. there's like 375 breweries right now. <laughs> so imagine if you lose your, if your beer's not good, if your beer's doing bad, as you know, and if, if, if you're in a business... If your beer is bad, people can shit on you online and that's it, it's over. Mm-hmm. If your beer is bad uh, and you send it and you just put it on can, stuff like that, you have to take it back. That's costs. Yeah. And with the inflation, all the money spending right now, I mean, everything is 20% off. I mean, I mean, you know, like any, everywhere in the world, man, all the, the, all the prices are up. I was talking to guests from Freestyle Hops in New Zealand with your interview with them. And they told them, yeah, everything's up, man. Everything we go up, we need to go up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you need People like Plato doing great equipment like that to help you out. You need a good CRM and you need other plugs to help you out. And the thing is this, there's no more people working. I mean, people, there's no staff. People, I know there are people who are like, there's 40% of staff missing in the industry. And not only the beer industry, but in the beverage industry and the whole. So you need stuff like that that's going to help you. I'm telling you, spending two, I was talking to the guy, we did an interview with the guy from La Gaviera, the big, the guy who has a 45 Plato. Mm. And so, yeah, I don't have to come the weekends anymore. That means I can stay two days at home chilling. Yep. And when I check my phone, I can have the numbers. And if it, if it goes bad, then I go over there. I'm not going to go there. I'm spending time with my kids because he has four kids. I'm like, what am I going to do afterward? Do I come back? Do I go where? So I think that you need equipment like that. And I mean, and, it, and, it was, and it's easy. That's the good thing. When I met them, you know, it was like, you plug it in, plug in, play, check it on your phone. Godspeed. 
And I think a lot of people have to learn about stuff like that. And I was talking to other people like CRMs or POS. Uh, I mean, POS is like when you pay on, on pay on service like that. And they were telling me, you know, that we need people that is going to think about how we can save time to people, get the best data or data that we can do. And you have to do stuff like that. And I think it's very important. I think companies like Taito or other companies like that, that's what they're doing right now. Is like, we have a final solution for you to save you not only business-wise, your reputation, your beer, your money to spending, by your as a person, because that's the big problem. Craft beer, it's a person. It's like small teams. And if you can take them, dude, a weekend that you can just relax at home and do your shit, go, go like fishing, stuff like that. I mean, you just save tons of time of people. Not only money time, but people-wise. That's yeah. what I think. I think you're. I think you're right, and there are many tools that are are being more available now than ever before. Uh, I, uh, I I visited the biggest brewery in Norway here the the other day, uh, and uh, I saw some of their equipment, like the the biggest hopback uh, that was ever produced at that time, which is now seeming a little bit tiny, of course, in the in the grand scheme of things. But like the equipment that is now available uh, for craft breweries uh, that was not only 10 15 years ago it's uh, astonishing and i think it's uh, it's smart to to look at ways of uh, sort of saving the saving the people and the, the work staff uh, I, I think it's a, it's a good way Dude, i talked to a lot of people and they show me they show me like i'm telling in the beginning i don't know how to brew man that's first of all <laughs> that's one of the big mysteries uh, for a lot of people like dude come see us we're gonna help you brew and i know i, I talked to a couple of companies and they show me look what we were doing 20 years ago is, is not good. Mm. This is the way to do it. Yeah. And I think brewers, I need to go and check other companies, what they're doing. I mean, mm. there's one thing I always, I always have in my mind is UPS. Yeah, I know UPS. Yeah. I was, I read an article like 10 years or 15 years ago, how UPS, they changed seven things in their, in their bit, in their daily business. Even the way when they open the door, when they delivery, mm. that thing is like people don't, don't get hurt. People, yeah. they, they save money. Why in the top of UPS, uh, UPS, how you call this, um, um, cars is white because it's the weather. If it gets yeah, too hot, wet, that's it. So, you know, like I always, when, when I, one of the things what we do here at Barry Magazine, we have a company mm -hmm. called Extra Caramel and we do a lot of marketing and this and distribute and we talk about distribution, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we also do a lot of analysis for companies and stuff like that. And sometimes we spend like a week with brewers or breweries companies and even food companies. Mm. And we talk to them when we spend a month, a week, sorry, doing checking what they're doing every day, how they move, how they stuff like that. And I always think that the idea of UPS is like, there's always better ways to work. And I think like equipment, like we're talking about, it helps people out and, and it's going to help the people to, to, to enjoy more their, um, their, their experience of working in a brewery. Yeah. I think you're you're correct. Before we close things out here, uh, Leonardo, uh, I I feel that we could have been talking for hours, but uh, then again, I know so I, 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 I have an hour to talk to you once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then again, I know that also people listening to this should uh, should work uh, at the same time. So, uh, but before before I let you go, um, you been working with the magazine for such a long time a lot of experience talking to a lot of business uh, business people all over uh, the world what are some some i wouldn't say quick fixes but some 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 things that the uh, that the people in the brewing industry can can try to do to maybe not uh, do their work more efficiently but but to improve their business in one way or another 
I think one one of the things I I, go, I do a lot uh, in uh, hearing when I when I can because I know where everybody's busy. Mm. I try to always talk to people. I always yeah. go through people. I mean, digital digital is good. I mean, you and me were doing interviews like that, and I think you have to be open to people about how, what, what's what's your problem. And I think the thing is like people do not talk about their problems, and that's the one thing I wasn't. Every year I go to an event. I can tell the name of the event, but it's a big, it's a good brewery in Quebec, in Montreal, and these guys are very cool. They make crazy smoothies. They always give me tons of black beer because they know I, I love it. <laughs> and I remember talking to a lot of brewers, and was like everybody gets invited together. It's a private party, and um, when we go there, not I was I, I was talking to people, and people know who I am, so they talk about business stuff like that. Mm. And one of the things I was talking to was like, dude, how do you feel, man? How are you, man? How's you, how's your mind spirit man and we told him he's like oh dude man uh six months ago man i almost got fired my my, my partners almost kicked me out I'm like mm. why is that because i, I was depressed I'm like why depressed because business and blah blah and so we started talking to people and we're like okay people need to talk and the good thing about this is like i, I we're in a generation now now like our parents were like not no talking, blah blah blah, and all that. Like, yeah. Now we can talk, and we can we can like your brother have a hug, a bear hug, stuff like that, and we can talk. And one of the things about breweries, I think, we started talking to people about their mental health, and that was the best thing we can do because people call me up and tell me, "Bro, man, you we talked for an hour about what's happening in my brain. You told me what happened, and this uh, there's one company that we know the the guy was suicidal because mm-hmm. business was going bad, and we like." Dude, you know, you need, you know, you can go and get information. It's like I didn't know that, mm. going like that. So I think, uh, business-wise, we need to help each other. There have to be better ways to make business. There's good technology stuff like that. But at the end of the day, p- there are people. At the end of the day, mm. at the end, of people are people. And you need to talk about people like that, and ju- and don't be a fucking asshole about you know people bitching about you know their beer, man. And people beer sometimes beer are bad. It happens, man. Mm. And when you go to forums and people are like, yeah, your beer is shit. I hate stuff like that. I hate, I hate it, man. Stop being negative, man. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, I think beer companies and beer and beverage stuff like that. They need to talk about the people. It's like, yeah. let's go talk. Let's do stuff like that. Like us in Montreal, uh, us and Baron Mag. In a couple of months, we're starting doing uh, every two weeks events at night. So mm-hmm. we're gonna do like with sponsorship, and we're gonna talk about you know like how to prepare yourself marketing wise stuff like that. But at night, we want people to come and talk to us. They're like, yo, this is what's happening in my industry. This is what's happening. But I, I think you have to be open about people's people's feeling, man. I mean, how they are because it's. I'm, I was surprised how when we start talking and people start coming to me and talking. This guy was talking about how he was depressed, blah, blah. Another guy comes, dude, man, uh, bad. And the, the, the bad problem is this. We have access to alcohol. Mm, so if yeah. we're depressed and we drink, man, it, it is the best. I know we, we get I know, the free cocaine. <laughs> we get the free cocaine. That's it. So I think is this, but I think also diversify, diversify your business, talk to people, try to find ways to to connect. I mean, just make you know, like, is there other business you can get connect to it? There's other people that can help your distribution. Can you help other people? Uh, can you do go and see what other people are doing? That's what we always try to cover. People like. Go check out what UPS is doing. Go check out what other people are doing. People are doing stuff like that, and vice versa. So we we always try to connect people from different markets to talk to each other. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, people are human. Even as a business magazine, I believe that you need to. That's the core of the whole business. Yeah. people are, are, are human, and and you see, and you know, I know about yourself when you go to a trade show, 
People are happy to talk about their business. People are happy, you know, and there are people in the behind. I was talking to guests from Plato and they were telling me how it, how it all started. And I was like, okay, it's crazy. And how the business, and, and they're kind of like funky when they started. It's like, dude, we oh. just doing it and this is how it's going. I'm like, and I talked to Echoes and I talked to a lot of companies like that. And I was like, okay, all these guys are, they're not like hungry business people. They just started this business. They loved the craft beer and they want to help. They want to find a solution. And at the end of the day, that's it. They wanna, you want to find a solution that can help people. And at the end of the day, it's people. I know it's very hippie what I'm doing, and I'm yeah. not a hippie guy. But I told you, man, um, with all the inflation, all that stuff, I think it's the best. Just try to find people, talk to me, call me if you want to anytime. And it's always good to talk, man. Always good to talk. And bear hug. A lot of bear hugs, man. A lot of bear hugs. I think you're you're in the, you're in the right there because uh um the the most uh, expensive equipment that you have in a brewery is the people uh, and if you don't care take care of your equipment it's going to break down at the, at a certain point so uh, uh take care of uh, of the people in in one way or another i think that's uh, that's a very good advice from you uh, and and also can be proved on the bottom line as well because happy workers do better work that's uh, scientifically proved so um, dude that's uh, what i learned from the dutch my mom lives in, in rotterdam Yeah, well, I, I spend my summers there, and that's what I uh, I learned from the those Dutch guys. They're very friendly, man. That, that is very true. That's very, very, very friendly. In Rotterdam, she lives in a place in Rotterdam. My grandma used to live in New, uh, not, sorry, and Capelle Gessel. It's like maybe 30 minutes from Rotterdam. So, and they're very very friendly, man. They're like always happy stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you guys are like these guys are like better than Canadians, man. Canadians are friendly, but <laughs> Dutchmen are very like. I, I still have my my, my half my half brothers there stuff like that. So mm. for me, Holland is very it's a very unique place for my heart, man. Yeah. So I, I spend a lot of summers there, and it's a great place. But I know they're like that. They're very friendly people. Man. Taking care of their neighbors. Yep. That's that's probably how they uh, survive for uh, for such a long time without uh, a proper government as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right, Leonardo, I just want to thank you for your, your insight, sharing a little bit of the story of uh, both yourself and, uh, of course, uh, all the um, uh, beer evangelism that you're you're doing. And I, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much for your time. And like I said, people, if you want anything, talk to him, talk to me. I'm always online, always talking on the, like that. And it was great talking to you. And I hope one day I can go back to Europe. It's been a while. I haven't been in Europe for a while, maybe a couple of beers i know i want to go back to italy to check out what's happening up there mm. as you know my name is it's it's an italian name but i'm from, I'm from chile i'm not yeah. i'm not i'm a chileno from uh, italy, from italy. <laughs> a special a special blend uh, that's what you're yeah, yeah there's a lot of chilenos in uh in it, and uh there's a lot of italians in chile there's like a quarter of a million yeah. of them. No, that's true. Well, you're more than welcome. We have both uh, uh, hardcore metal and great beer, so uh, you're more than welcome. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> All right, good to talk to you. Take care. All right, cheers. Thank you for coming with me to Quebec and uh, listening to my talk with Leonardo from Baron Magazine. Um, as I've already told you, this podcast will take you all over the world of fermentation and in the next episode we will be visiting ecuador so don't forget to subscribe to get all the episodes of this very first season of another round with plato and you know what i say sharing is caring so do feel free to share this with a friend and until next time have fun drink well and take care mm-hmm.